I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. If you've ever wanted to up your game with spiritual women, this is the episode to listen to. I'd like to share with you today how to attract, win, and build a lasting relationship with the woman of your dreams. You may not feel like a Tom Cruise, a Brad Pitt, or even a Casanova, and I define that as a man considered romantic and gallant, but luckily relational skills are learnable, and you can become incredibly attractive to the right person for you. You might have failed over and over again to find the perfect woman, or you might be flailing in your marriage, but by learning a few simple habits, you can learn to become a modern-day Casanova. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. It's Valentine's Day, and I thought it would be appropriate to talk about how to become a modern-day Casanova. Kelly Peterson, not her real name, dumped me at the Nevada County Fair in August of 1983. No amount of begging, pleading, promising to change would change her mind. She was done with me. She replaced me with a guy by the name of Paul Eagle. Paul was cool, kind, had his own car, and he had the coolest name in our high school. They sat together the rest of our senior year in high school in civics class. I'd spy them making out by his locker and looking incredibly happy. I was miserable. I went through several rebound relationships, but couldn't recover from that humiliation for a couple of years. It made me think, what does it take to win the person you really want? Luckily, I became a Christian and landed the woman of my dreams five years later, when Pam Wilkinson flew into town from Cairo, Egypt. Pretty, sophisticated, funny, and spiritual, She was immediately on the top 10 list for every single brother in the church I was interning for in San Francisco. Whenever church ended, she was surrounded by smiling admirers in in their mid-20s. Some of my closest friends were crazy for her. How was I going to win her over? I had learned a few things from my relational beatdowns. Over the next year, we got to know each other, started dating, and got married. Now we've been married for 33 happy years. We've lived overseas together for 10 years, planted churches, had kids together, gone through highs and lows, and we're still incredibly happy together. I'd like to share with you today how to attract, win, and build a lasting relationship with the spiritual woman of your dreams. You may not feel like a Tom Cruise, a Brad Pitt, or even a Casanova, but luckily relational skills are learnable and you can become incredibly attractive to the right person for you. Here's how. Step one, work on yourself. It's been said that you need to become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Let me say that again. You need to become 
the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. What does that mean? It means taking a hard look at your weaknesses and doing your best to grow past them or grow through them. What kind of weaknesses am I talking about? Here's what I see as some of the top weaknesses among men. First of all, lack of confidence. I see this when men are dating and they're looking to the woman to give them confidence or to reassure them instead of having their own confidence in God and in themselves. Self-absorption, which often surfaces as talking too much about self, being too absorbed in one's personal interests, and not really focusing on the other person. What else? Talking too much and not asking good questions. This is probably the number one weakness of guys who are eager to make a good impression. They get nervous, they start talking, and they don't know how to shut their mouths again. They just keep on going. And while she sits there nodding and trying to be polite, her eyes glaze over and her mind is a million miles away. You feel like you made a good impression because you told her your whole life story, but she is thinking, I never want to go out with this guy again. What other weaknesses do we need to work on? Worldliness and a lack of spiritual interest. This is a big turnoff. Because when you're dating in a spiritual context, and I'm this is under the assumption that you're dating in a church environment with Christians who are true disciples, a real turnoff for a spiritual woman, a woman that of character and quality, is a worldly guy. A person who clearly lacks spiritual interest. A person who feels uncomfortable talking about spiritual things, like what they're growing in, what they're learning in the Bible, what's challenged them recently. That kind of worldliness, a focus on what you possess, what you own, even your personal accomplishments can be a real turnoff for a person who's wanting to make this life count. What's another weakness needs to be tackled? Being girl crazy rather than mission driven. This person makes an idol out of women and forgets to worship Jesus and live for his mission. When you get so focused on on girls or a girl, guess what? That becomes a very big negative for the right person that you might be interested in. A woman of character, her focus is looking for a guy who really loves Jesus top priority. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but in the spiritual realm, that's that's the kind of woman you're looking for and that's what she's looking for. She's looking for a person that she can trust with her life because that man worships Jesus, not her. So if you're just focused on girls, 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 and you're losing track of the mission, you got to really rethink things. What, what's another weakness? Trying too hard. Trying too hard to please. Trying, to, trying so hard that it's obvious. Instead, you got to be yourself. you got to be comfortable in your own skin. I see guys just trying so hard, and it, it's accompanied by oversharing, over-talking, laughing too hard, doing too much, just being uptight, uncomfortable, with way too much energy. You got to just sit back and just let it happen. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You got to, of course, you got to put your best foot forward. But when you start trying too hard, it creates anxiety and it's a turnoff. What else? 
selfishness, and what I call swinging for the fences, swinging for the fences. That's a baseball term for guys that get up to the plate and they don't settle for singles or doubles or triples. All they're trying to do is hit home runs. So they just swing all out. That's it. It's either a home run or it's a strikeout. This person, this guy, has decided in his mind that he'll know the right woman when she comes along. And so he makes no effort to be kind and considerate to women in general. So let's say he's in a campus ministry and there's like six or seven other sisters in the, in the ministry. He doesn't like any of them or he may like one person. So he'll be rude to six out of the seven women. He won't go out with any of the other women. But when the right person comes along, all of a sudden he puts on his showman, showman attitude and all of a sudden he's just turned on. That's swinging for the fences. He won't go out on dates. He won't speak kindly to women until his target lights up. Suddenly he transforms into the dating master and goes all out. He comes across as a performer who can turn on or off the charm when he chooses. That's just pure selfishness. That's just pure selfishness. And and oftentimes it just comes from heart that says, listen, I'm not going to give until I can be guaranteed that the person I'm going out with is my future wife. Listen, it doesn't work that way. You, you just don't know. You, you've got to be the person who's loving at all times. That's incredibly attractive. That's a person like Jesus. Jesus didn't just turn on the charm when he met certain people. He was that way 24-7. That's the way you need to be. What's another negative that we need to work on? Being a skin flint. This is related to selfishness. This guy views dating only as a financial loss. They think, why waste women? Why, why, why waste money on women? Okay, that's just hearing that it should just make you cringe. But that's the way some guys think. And maybe that's the way you're thinking. You're like, unless I know for sure that this is going to lead to marriage, I don't want to put any money into it. Dates cost, it's inflation. It's getting more and more expensive to take women out. In fact, I read an article that said it's a trend now that guys will pay for the, for the women on dates. But if the relationship doesn't work out, they'll Venmo them asking for their money back. <laughs> now, I don't think this happened in the church. This is an article I read in the news, but it is a trend among singles that it's viewed as a financial transaction. And if you take women out and then it just doesn't pan out, you can charge them for it. I just go, whoa, that's, 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 that's got some problems there. Let's just say that. Don't be a skin flint. Listen, it costs money to build relationships. In fact, Jesus said, use money to, to make friends for yourselves. And I think dating is a part of that. Listen, building relationships with people, it costs money, but it pays. It's, it costs, but it pays. It's worth it. And you don't want to be known as the tightwad who has a tough time putting out money. That's, that's a turnoff right there. What's another negative? Arrogance and pride. This person knows it all already. He doesn't seek any help or advice in his dating life from people that could offer it to him. He resents any form of help or assistance when it comes to relationships. And the pride only increases the stronger his feelings for that person. He's like Frodo at the edge of Mount Doom. Remember that final scene? Frodo and Sam, they're going out on the on that causeway over Mount Doom that had the, the burning pit below it. 
and he gets all the way. He's gone for months and months. He's gone through so many scary situations, but finally he can't surrender the ring. He decides at the very last minute, I can't give it up. It's just too important to me. There's Sam. He's pleading, say, throw it away, get rid of it. He started out as a servant of mankind. He ended up as a slave of the ring. I've seen this happen so many times. Guys are like, oh yeah, God's first all the time. They get into a relationship and the deeper they get into the relationship, the more they fear losing that relationship. And what they do is they cut off any kind of good advice that could help them. Out of fear of losing a relationship, it keeps us away from helpful advice until God finally has to rip it out of our hands. Happens so often. Don't be like Frodo. Man, listen, have it. Make sure your relationship is surrendered and open to the help of people who've gone before you. So many people want your relationship to work out, and it makes a big difference. I remember dating in the church before I met Pam. There was a woman that I fell in love with. We were dating. I thought for sure we we're going to get married. In fact, I started talking about engagement. I was planning on it, but guess what? I started doing bad spiritually. I really struggled, and I was just not in a good spot. And someone came up to me, and I don't even remember who it was. They said, hey, you might want to consider breaking up for a little bit and get your own relationship with God on straight and then coming back to it. And it was hard. I was like, oh man, I really love this person. But I took the advice. It was good advice because I was not in a good spot and I wasn't very giving either. I wasn't really being good for for that sister. And we broke it off. And I had to get my own relationship with God. It took about six months. I mean, I wasn't a good spot. I was doing a lot of fasting and praying and just majorly repenting. I was in a lot of selfishness and pride and just young Christian stuff that was going on. But when I got back into my right frame of mind spiritually, at that point I realized, you know, this. I don't think this is the person for me. I still really cared for her as a sister. She was still as beautiful as ever. But I thought, I don't, I don't have the same feelings I had before. And it really helped kind of open my eyes. Now, I, I didn't know what God had planned. I, I thought, what's happened? You know, I maybe, maybe I lost something. But I didn't know that about a year, year later I'd meet Pam. And I'm so glad it worked out that way. So you got to stay open. You, you got to stay surrendered in your relationships with women. Otherwise, it, bad things happen. And, and get, you may not get, you may get something, but not what God originally plans for you. So just stay open to good advice. It's helpful. What's another thing that we need to work on? Impurity. If you're a part of the 70% of men who are looking at porn in any given year, those are the statistics, you're going to reap the consequences of impurity. What are those consequences? Lack of confidence, guilt, shame, lack of strength, insecurity, self-doubt, lack of confidence in God's calling, his, his election and grace, you're going to feel like less of a man. You're not going to have the boldness that comes from a pure conscience. And so if you're struggling with impurity, you got to get a handle on that. Because the better you can do in terms of keeping your mind set on things above, the stronger you'll be, the more gallant, the more courageous, the more gutsy, and the more attractive you'll be in a very indefinite way. People don't know exactly what is it about that guy. 
but the level of your purity makes a huge difference on the way you come across, especially with women. Okay, let's move on here. Here's another, this is my second thing that I'm talking about. The first thing was work on yourself first, and we talked about the things you need to work on. My, my second idea is this, keep first things first. Be clear about what and who you worship. And that ties in what, with what we talked about. Jesus has to be number one. You, you've got to be infatuated with Jesus. He's got to be your number one, and it's got to be clear. Because the spiritual woman you're looking for is looking for that kind of a guy. Next, keep building your relationship with Christ while you're pursuing a woman. It's not first you start out with Jesus and then you go to a woman. Don't, don't be that guy. Instead, keep developing your relationship with Christ as you develop a relationship with a woman. And, you know, when I became a Christian, one of the reasons was I really desired to have a successful dating and marriage relationship. Like I shared with you before, I'd gone through some a lot of negative relationships, and most they were mostly my fault. I mean, I just pretty much 100% responsible for the selfishness and all sorts of mistakes I made. And I thought, I need a foundation. I need God's word, and I need Jesus to guide me to have a successful relationship that's going to last, because I'd seen a lot of divorces in my family. And so when I started dating Pam, I thought, i got to keep my relationship with Christ going. In fact, she was so strong spiritually, it spurred me on to grow more. I thought, i got to really shape up here. i got to up my game spiritually. i got to grow faster, because this woman is on roller skates, and i got to grow like crazy to keep up with her and to stay ahead of her spiritually. And so it was awesome really helped me spiritually. Seek help and stay connected to trusted advisors. I talked about that. Man, do you have people in your life who are giving you advice? Are you seeking out their help? When's the last time you went up to somebody and said, hey, I want to get your advice about this particular sister? This used to be just commonplace. Like, hey, I'm interested in this sister. I need some advice. Got to get advice. Okay, you're not the know-it-all. Don't, don't, you don't have to go this road alone. Get help. Next, view dating as a skill that improves with practice. This is one of the biggest losses of the last 30 years. In the 80s and 90s, it was so common for people to go out almost every weekend with sisters. You just go out on sisters, go out on dates, social dates. And what was great about it is it gives you practice in, in loving and being giving, being chivalrous, being kind, communicating with with women and with sisters and it just helps you to build through practice i mean you get out there you learn how to be a kind and giving and godly person but recently i've just seen the last i don't know 10 15 years with the the rise of the hookup culture hangout culture it's become so informal that formal social dating has just gone by the wayside. And that's the way it is, change of times. But it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to follow that trend. Instead, you can be a person that goes out and says, hey, I'm going to go out with a whole bunch of different people. I don't view it as like this person banking my life on this person. But instead, I'm going to be loving. I'm going to develop my skills in this area through practice by going out with different people just makes so much sense. I go, listen, if you want to learn how to play guitar, you wouldn't just focus, you know, on one week out of the year that you're going to become great at. It. You'd have to do it every single day. You got to you got to view dating in the same way. If you want a great relationship with a woman, you better start practicing. And that's going to mean going out with different people and learning how to get along with different people. 
I get a lot of kickback from that from people. Oh, you don't know. Blah. I get a lot of just a rebuff like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just go, I get it so much from people that I just go, you are headed for trouble. You're, you think that somehow you're just going to be able to turn on the skills when the right person comes along without any practice at all. You don't know how to hold a conversation. You don't know how to get other people involved in a conversation. And I just go, good luck, bro. Good luck. Okay, third, third helpful hint here. Take a hard look at yourself. You will probably end up with a person who's like you. And that's, that's good. You should be looking for a person who's roughly like yourself. Now, if you're in a culture where you, there's, um, you know, dating and marriage is predetermined by your parents, like in India, places like that, okay, they're probably thinking, okay, we want to find a person who's in the same state of life. But it just seems to work out. You end up with a person who's like you, similar interests. Obviously, Christ comes first. That's, that's the first filter that you're going to go through. But you're going to end up with someone who's like you. So be a real, realistic about who you are as a person. Okay, if you're if you're not the most handsome guy in the world, you're probably not going to be dating the, the the prettiest girl in the entire church or or someone else. Okay, just it's not going to happen. That's fine. Okay, you, you got to be happy with who you are and where things are going. And but at the same time, you can work on some things. And you you've got to up your game. You got to go. Okay, there are a lot of things that are variable. And so I would say start here with this, work on your appearance, work on your appearance. This has been said many times, but remember what, day, what, what God told Samuel? He said, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You know, when he's talking about David and appointing him king, he says, you know, it's not the one I've chosen. Okay, God, God looks at the heart, not the outward appearance. But man does look at the outward appearance, and sisters are looking at your appearance. It's the first thing they see. So they're physical people, and they're evaluating you in the intangibles, like your spirituality, like the things we've talked about, but they're also looking at your outward appearance, and they're going, okay, what's this guy look like? How would he look to me in family pictures going forward in the future? So what's some things you can do? Number one, lose weight lose weight. Losing weight shows two things. One, it shows that you have control of your appetites. Okay. It shows something about you that is important, that you can get in control of your appetites. And that's really important. It shows, it shows a level of discipline. And so it doesn't mean you need to go nuts. It doesn't need mean, does not mean, well, here's what I'm not saying. You don't have to have a six pack. Okay. You don't need to look like a bodybuilder. But you can get into a reasonably healthy weight that doesn't look, you're not obese, okay? You just, you just get into shape, okay? And that leads to the second point, get into shape. Start working out, start walking, get your body in shape where you, you're a fit person, okay? And in, in our lives, we're looking at people, we're like, okay, how, when you think about dating women, you're like, that person's really attractive, that person, I'm really attracted to that person. Well, guess what? She's thinking the same thing about you, hopefully, but you've got to give her the opportunity to be attracted. So lose weight, get in shape. Here's another thing that's really easy. Improve your hygiene. Okay, guys, two things that I see. One, bad breath. Okay, see this in fellowship. Sisters are there. They're talking to you. All of a sudden, whoa, 
you, you've got bad breath, it just, it, it just is like knocking them out. Okay, brush your teeth, floss, man, get, just get into it. If you've asked somebody, hey, how am I doing? It's a negative turnoff. Look at the obvious things. Now, you might be thinking, why is he even talking about these things? Because they count. They matter. It all adds up. It all adds up together. How about body odor? Okay, you got to use deodorant. Okay, I've heard in some cultures that that natural smell is is supposed to be attractive. Okay, that may work in certain countries, but in the West, <laughs> that's just not the case. You've got to be a nice smelling person. So make sure you take your baths, you stay clean, and you smell nice. What's another thing? Clean your room. Clean your toilet. Clean your car. Keep things clean. Keep things organized. Okay. Would you be embarrassed if a sister just dropped in and, and just did a little tour of your, your room? Would you feel like, okay, yeah, I can show it off right now. Or if she had to use your, your bathroom, if you have your own toilet, or would she just be thrown up because it's so gross? I've seen some brothers' households that are just unbelievable. I mean, I just, I'm like, I don't want to touch anything. It's just so revolting. And I, I got a pretty strong stomach, but it's just nasty. And I go, man, get those things clean. It's, it, it speaks volumes about who you are and what you're made of. How about when she jumps in your car, what's she going to see? Think about it. Okay. She going to have to move all the, the McDonald's wrappers aside. <laughs> she going to have to all the bags on the floor. Oh, just put them in the back. Don't worry. Does your, does your car smell like a hamburger, three-day-old fries? Listen, clean your car out. What else? Keep your clothes clean, hung up, nice smelling. You know, we've got a hugging culture at church. You know, it's real common these days. Everyone's hugging these days. It's, it's just kind of, the, it's gone from church to the general society. Everyone gives hugs. I've given some hugs to some bros. I'm like, bro, there's a smell. There's a smell coming out of your clothes that's not good. It's, it's like your clothes have been in the hamper in a, in a very moist and warm environment in the gym for like a couple weeks, and it's not good. Now, listen, when you hug those sisters, guess what? They're going to be smelling that. It's either going to draw them closer or it's going to drive them away. Here's another thing. Spend money on yourself and get new clothes. I see guys, and they're wearing clothes that are 10 years old. They're wearing... They're wearing camp clothes from 2011. Okay. They're wearing stuff that, that uh, I went to this conference in you know, 29, 2009, get, get new clothes, put some money into your clothes, invest in yourself, get a good haircut. Okay. Make sure that these, these things are things you can do to adjust yourself so that guys, so you can be more attractive to the woman you're, you're wanting. Now don't blame the sisters if they can't see how awesome you are when you aren't doing anything to improve yourself and your appearance. And this is another thing that just perplexes me because I really want to help people to get married. It's just something I pray about every day. I pray about the sisters in our church and the guys in our church. And I go, man, I really want to help them. But the people who aren't getting married are often the most resistant to input. They're just like, so like, no, uh-uh. If they don't like me the way I am, I don't want them. I go, man, it's just such a self-defeating, stubborn attitude. The only person you're hurting is yourself, and it's just forcing you into isolation 
and a future of just being by yourself. I, I see the desperation in their eyes. They want to get together. But when offered advice about how to improve their chances of meeting someone who's really sweet, they're just stubborn. And I just go, man, don't be that, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. What else can you do? Develop your skills. You need to have hobbies. You need to be an interesting person. You need to be doing stuff that, you know, you go, well, what are you doing this weekend? I'm just having quiet times 24-7. Okay, I, that's good. I love quiet times. That's awesome. But what else do you do? Okay, you need to have hobbies. What are, what are, is, what do, you, what do you like doing? I don't axe throwing. Uh, I like to ride motorcycles. I like to scuba dive. I like to surf when I can. Um, I like to backpack, you know, play guitar. I, I've got, ho- I'm a hobby person. I, I like those things. And I've got to rein those things in because I don't want to get too distracted. But be interesting. Keep adding skills to your life. What, what skills are you working on? That, that can be really interesting. Keep growing so that you can provide support for the woman you want. Keep growing so you can provide support for the woman you want. You need to keep building your career because that woman who's looking at you is going to be asking, hey, am I going to, is this person going to be able to support me? That's a, that's a very legitimate question she needs answered in her mind. Is he going to be there to help me and support me so I can raise a family? And you need to think about going back to school and developing your career and your skills if you're lacking. All these things you can develop. It just it just takes a little bit of effort. You can do it. Just develop your skills. Now, I want to add this one. Go old school. Go old school. There are, there are so many old-fashioned habits of male chivalry that have fallen by the wayside over time. Now, this is not just in the church, but it's in society in general. Many, many things that were common 100 years ago and even 50 years ago, but you just don't see them happening today. It's become not popular, not part of the the culture. But what that means is you have an opportunity to distinguish yourself by doing what no one else is currently doing. You can stand out from the crowd by doing such simple things. What am I talking about? Well, open doors for women. Open doors for women. Like in restaurants, open the door for, for the girl you're taking out. In the car, listen, when you park your car, go around to the door, open the door for her. When she gets into the car, open the door for her. Give her your hand when she's getting out. Give her her hand when you're going in. Offer a compliment. Wow, you look so nice tonight. It doesn't need to be weird or creepy. It can just be really nice. Like, wow, you look really pretty tonight. Thank you. It, it, it makes a difference. Walk on the traffic side of the street. When you're walking down the street, it's, it was customary in the past that the man would walk on the side that faced the traffic. Why was that? That was so that if cars came along and splashed water, that the guy would get wet and not the woman. Well, it's just a, it's a nice, it's a nice habit. You're providing perfection, protection, and it's a good way to really show some courtesy. Let her know what the plan is in advance. If you're going out on a date, let her know. Say, hey, this is the plan. We're going to go go here, and then we're going to get some ice cream afterwards. I'll have you home at this time. That builds security, and it also, also tells her something about yourself. You are a planner. You know what's going on. You're a person. You're a man who makes things happen. And that that gives confidence and security on her part. Next, text to confirm what you're going to be doing on the date. Just 
you know, just, it really makes a big difference. Hey, this is what, here's what's going on. Let her know. And then come up with a plan and execute it. Don't put pressure on her to come up with a plan for, for, for your date. Like if you go out on a date, Hey, would you like to go out on Saturday? And she says, I'd love to. Don't say, well, well, what do you want to do? Okay. You can do that. I mean, it's not a hard line rule, but instead it, it's better to say, Hey, here's what I've got in mind. What do you think? Come up with a plan and execute it. Surprise her. It makes a difference. Now I want to turn my attention that the previous section there, I'm talking primarily to single guys, but I want to talk about living as a dreamboat husband because this is a Valentine special and I don't want to leave the husbands out of the action. I want to talk to you guys about how can you still be a Casanova even as a married husband, okay? First of all, encouraging words. You've got to be an encouraging guy. I I run into this quite a bit in church, and it just kind of blows me away because it's not what I have in my house. But I go, I can't believe. I hear women complaining about their husbands. One of the most common complaints is, my husband never encourages me or encourages me very little, or he's always on me, but doesn't encourage me. Guys, Ephesians 4.29, only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. I think one of the easiest things you can do as a husband to be a more romantic partner is this. Build people up. Build your wife up. What can you say? Hey, you look like a million bucks. I tell this I tell this to my wife all the time. I say, Pam, you look like a million bucks and a half. It's not just a million bucks. It's a million bucks and a half. She's like, wow, a million bucks and a half. That's awesome. You can say things like, hey, honey, you look so sexy tonight. Okay, don't, don't tell that to the single sister, but for your wife, you can say that. It's like, you look great. You look so pretty. You look great. You're, or you're a great cook. Man, honey, this is amazing tonight. You know, I taught my kids to say at the dinner table, Mom, you did it again. And would just praise her. Let her know she's an amazing, amazing cook. Oh, honey, you're a great speaker. Every time Pam speaks, I'm like, wow. I'll sneak into her classes when she's preaching to women at conferences, and I'll listen to, listen to her in the back. And just, I love it. And then I'll tell her specifically what she did great. And I'll, you know, I just see the women laughing and responding to her. She is a great speaker, but I also let her know you're a great speaker. Now I don't go back to her and say, oh, you should have mentioned this. You should have brought this scripture into it. I don't do that. I just say, honey, you, pre- you preach the word. You bring it, baby. I just tell her you're a great friend to people. And she really is. I tell her you can do it. You can do it. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. I tell her I'm so lucky to have you. God has totally blessed me to have you. How did I get so lucky? I tell her, you keep an amazing house. This, These are just a fraction of the phrases that I use over and over again. It's part of my daily conversation with her. I am constantly saying things to build her up because she needs it. And she does a lot. She does so much for our family and for me. The least I can do is let her know how much I appreciate her. I want to ask you, are you an encouraging husband? Are you the person that says, oh, she knows I love her? Okay, all right. One, your wife's not a mind reader. Two, what, what, what kind of a response is that? So you, you, because you told her you loved her when you got married, she should just hold that with her the rest of her 50 years that you guys are together? Come on, come on, dude. That, that's just not the way to live. Your wife needs to be hearing it constantly. What else can you do? Don't argue. Stay away from arguments. I hear some guys say, we argue a lot. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Resist it. 
Okay. If that's a problem, you need to get help on it and avoid arguments. Arguments are damaging. Now you can discuss things, but arguments can be really damaging and, and things you say in an argument, they can leave scars that last for years. Instead, apologize quickly. Just if you've blown it, if you lost your temper, and I've done that with Pam, you know, I've gotten mad, I've, I've done the silent treatment, I've got angry. I'll have to force myself to overcome my pride and just apologize as quickly as I can. And, you know, Jesus says, don't let the sun go down in your anger. I haven't always done that, but I try quickly to apologize so that it doesn't become, you know, it doesn't metastasize into something that lasts forever. Deal with your anger immediately and just just swallow your pride and apologize for the things that you're responsible for. And don't wait for her to make the first step. Instead, you be the bigger man and, and deal with your anger. Serve her. Do the dishes. Help out. Now, in some cultures, this is just not a thing. But I go, listen, Jesus, he just totally upset all cultures by being the person who served. He said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give himself as a ransom for many. Jesus came as an example. We need to be servants, and especially of our wives. You know, do things for her. Let her know she's special. I'll do dishes for my wife. I'll, you know, when she's tired, I can tell. I'll take the dog out for a walk. I'll just, I'll just try to do things that make her know I care for her. Surprise and delight her. Okay, so I've got my flowers for Valentine's. I did this the day before. Okay, I'm recording this on Tuesday night. And I've got the flowers, i got the card. I'm going to surprise her in the morning. When she wakes up, those flowers are going to be outside in the kitchen. And I'm going to have a card written for her. And I got a special candy bar for her that she really likes, and she'll have that for tomorrow. Then, because church is tomorrow night and I'm going to church, I'm going to take her out on Friday night. So, you know, church comes first, God's first, but I'll take her out on Friday night. We're going to go to a nice restaurant, and that's going to be really special. But surprise and delight your wife. Do something that you don't normally do. Just surprise her, shock her. It makes a big difference. Keep yourself in shape. I talked about that already. Don't, when we get married and we get that great food on a consistent basis, it's easy to just get really chubby. Keep yourself in shape. Do your best. As it gets, as you get older, it's tougher, but do your best. It makes a difference. Live for Christ, not for your wife or kids. Live for Christ, not for your wife or kids. What do I mean by that? Keep first things first. Okay. Your wife is important, your kids are important, but you know what? Christ is the most important. And if you want to keep the romance going in your relationship with your wife, she's got to, she's got to respect you. And one of the most common criticisms that wives have about their husbands is, my husband doesn't lead me spiritually. What does that mean? She's more interested in God than you are. You don't have quiet times. You don't pray. You don't lead the kids. You don't do devotionals. You don't create a spiritual environment at home. You don't share your faith. You go to church, but there's a gap there. And what your wife needs is to see you living for Christ, not for her. Because if you're living for Christ, she'll benefit. She'll feel more love than she can imagine. So will your kids. You've got to make sure you're living for Christ. What else? Keep growing and changing. It ties into what I just talked about. You got to keep repenting and keep growing. You can't just coast. What else can you do? Take vacations together. My wife and I, we just, uh, we took a week and we went down to Belize and went scuba diving for five days straight. Now, I, I, 
Chris Schwarzenberger told me this one time. He said, man, when you guys take vacations, you guys really go big. It is kind of true. Okay, I save my money because I really like fun, exciting vacations. I mean, I took a two-week vacation crossing the country on a motorcycle. We've gone to Costa Rica. I like to travel. And, you know, sometimes if we go to a, a leadership conference in a foreign country, we'll try to stay extra time. But I just go, I... I save my money because it's so much fun to be together with your wife in a beautiful location. You make a memory. And I go, you know what? This marriage is not going to last forever. Okay. We're not going to be married in heaven. And I go, I want to, I want to make this life count when we're together. And so one of those things is I, I use my money to take great vacations together and it's just worth it. So save your money. I know you can't always do everything you want to do, but you can make it special. And, and try to make it special and do things that you, you can really enjoy together. Develop hobbies together. You know, my wife and I took took golf lessons together last year. We didn't get very far. We're not great, but we did do that together, and that was kind of fun. We tried pickleball. That didn't really go very, very far either. But we tried to – We've this year we're working on cooking together. One night a week we choose a different cuisine, Indian food or – Korean food or Japanese food or American food, and we're going to cook a cuisine one night a week. And so that's that's fun. We like to cook together. Get outside the house. Get away from the TV and get outside the house. That's important. Take care of your house. Keep it clean and make it great. Okay, look around your house, just like the single guys I talked about. Don't be a slob. Make sure your house is something that your wife is proud of. And then I'd say this, turn off the TV and turn on the romance. Sometimes we can be watching TV and guess what? Our love life goes down the drain because we're by the time we get to bed, we're just so tired, nothing happens. And so instead, turn off that TV and turn on the romance. If you're gonna if you want to have a romantic life, decide no TV until we spend time together. And that's that's a smart decision to make. Finally, I'd just say this get rid of the addictions. Get rid of the addictions. You may call yourself a Christian, but you may have a secret addiction, whether it's a porn addiction or it's an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction, and that will destroy your relationship. No one else may know about it. Maybe only your wife does, or maybe she doesn't know the whole story, but get rid of the addiction if you want to have a loving and effective relationship. You want to be a Casanova because guess what? You can't be a gallant and romantic an attractive personality if you're not all there. And addictions rob you of the you that God meant you to be. You're a shell of what you should be. So get rid of the addictions. Okay, I want to leave you some practicals. Okay, just a, just a practical. This, this goes out to the married guys. Go down to the office supply store and buy Post-it notepads. Okay, those are those little sticky notepads that you can get and get them anywhere. And this is one thing that I'm doing this week with my wife, and I've done it before. Take a post-it notepad and write one thing you appreciate your, about your wife or your girlfriend. Write it every day and then post it where she'll see it. So if you're married, one of the, one of the things I do is I just write it like, Honey, no one is a friend maker like you are. And then I'll just put it on her mirror in the bathroom. And do that for at least a week. But you could go up to a month. I mean, it's just so cool because it just adds up. And she sees all these encouraging things that they don't go away. They're just stuck to her mirror. And she realizes, hey, I've got an admirer in my household. And try that for a week or a month. 
Now, I want to just talk to the singles out there. Go on a date. Go on an old school date. Not, not a group date, not a hangout, not, oh, we're doing a Devo, or I'm going to be around the sisters that time. Nope. Call somebody, text somebody, and say, hey, would you like to go out with me this Saturday? Maybe set up a double with them. And make it special. Plan it out. Let them know what's going to happen. Foot the bill. It's worth it. And just go on a date on Valentine's. Get into practice to become the Casanova God meant you to be. Romantic and gallant man. Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for listening. Here's how you can help support the program. First, hit the subscribe button and send a link to your friends. Tell people about it. Secondly, read and review one of my books, How to Plant and Grow a Church or Courage, How to Make This Life Count. You can find them on Amazon.com. Finally, support the Rob Skinner podcast with a gift. The link is in the show notes. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, to live a no-regrets life, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.